Welcome to Drink Something Amazing. My name is Alex. I'm a certified sommelier with the Quartermaster Sommeliers and a certified specialist of wine with the Society of Wine Educators. And with me is my amazing co-host, Christy, the yoga mom. And I am here because I think my husband is amazing. And I just want the world to be able to hear his stories. Okay, I feel like I owe you money now, but that was that was great. That was much better. I'll take it. That was awesome. How much cash do you have left? Not enough after Red Robin, I'll tell you what. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the worst. <laughs> and I love Red Robin because I used to work at Red Robin. You used to work at Red Robin. I love Red Robin, but not tonight. Yeah, they whatever was going on tonight, they did not step up to the challenge. So. They, they weren't stepping up to the plate. It was like walking into a dirty dressing room. So that happened. But yeah. at least it was expensive. We got that going for us. Yay. <laughs> oh, that poor server. I don't know. He was just, he he looked unfazed. He wasn't sweating. He wasn't bothered. He wasn't, I mean, he's very handsome. His hands were a, shaking. They were? Yeah. Oh. So whatever was going on, it just, so, I mean, obviously there's labor issues right now, particularly in restaurants and getting enough staffing, getting enough qualified people and getting busters and all that stuff. And it's obvious that this restaurant was suffering from the same problem, but I don't know, you know, we got to find some different answers. Look at you turning it around. Well, just saying. Honestly, so, I didn't see his handshake. So I just knew that you were bussing the table, clearing the table. <laughs> Getting the to-go thing. Once a Red Robin waiter, water. always a Red Robin waiter. <laughs> Just never leaves. It is so hard to go out to eat because all I do is want to answer the phone and help seat people. Was the server station exactly the same? It was, no. It was, anyway, it's, yeah. Okay, fine. Things go. change over time. Like, we used to have glass ketchup bottles and now they're plastic ketchup bottles. The glasses were plastic. Glass, yeah. Things are changing. It was like being at Disneyland. Okay. They have sure. plastic everything. Do they? Yeah. I hadn't noticed. It's been a long time since I've been to Disneyland. Okay. Well, I was 16. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> right. Isn't it weird that like 30 years ago is now like the 90s? <sighs> <laughs> yes, it, it is. doesn't make sense. Does not compute. Okay. Anyway, so the whole point of this podcast, aside from us having date night, is that and we're to here- drink. And to drink. We're here to have date night and to drink. And we... Um, uh, we're here to share that with you. Yeah, absolutely. You should come and drink with us. So grab a glass and uh, put something in it and pretend you're drinking what we're drinking, which we don't even know what we're drinking yet. No, we don't because so, it's like it. I sat down and my place was ready and my glass was ready. It looks all pretty. Everything was all set up for me. I work so hard at this podcast. You do. You totally do. I know. I can't do everything. <laughs> Right. So uh, the whole point of this is to try and make wine a little less intimidating. We spend a lot of time uh, going out into the real world and everyone loves a glass of wine, except when it can be intimidating, it can be overwhelming. And you want to make sure that you're drinking the right thing. You don't want to feel like you're not drinking something. You know, when you look at the wine menu, you don't want to feel like an idiot. I assume that's why you're here. I don't know. You you can reach me at alex at drinksomethingamazing.com. If you can tell me why you're here, I'd love to get your emails. Because as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, I'm just throwing this stuff out into the internet. We get get picked up all over the world. I mean, people, as far as I can tell, are listening in. They're listening in Australia. They're listening in New Zealand. They're listening in, in, in New Amsterdam. Oslo. Oslo, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Alaska, that people are listening all over the world. And sometimes I wonder, you know, 
what's in it for you? Because I'm drinking wine. I'm having a great time. So I'd love to hear from you guys. Alex at drinksomethingamazing.com. Send me an email. Tell me what's up. Tell me what you want to hear next. Very interested in that. Because what I'm and here for. And while you're at it, rate and review. Totally. Totally rate and review. <laughs> Kerklunk. Kerklunk. So <laughs> that wasn't seamless. That wasn't. A, <laughs> well, I'm button. supposed to say this, and I'm supposed to say my name, and I'm supposed to talk about rating and reviewing. I did it. Good job. You worked all Thank those you. in. Did I? So smooth. Absolutely. I, I think that's definitely your style. <laughs> yeah. Seamless. So, uh, yeah, so the whole idea is that we go through a wine together and we just learn, you know, we're, we're going to try tasting it blind. We're going to see what our taste buds tell us. We're going to find out if we like the wine and then we'll talk a bit about the wine, the winery, etc. and give you some information on it. So the whole idea is we want to teach you to trust your own sense of taste because all your senses Trust all your senses. Listen to yourself. So if you, um, so we're using wine as a vehicle for that. And in this particular instance, we like to use what's called the five S's. To rate a wine, you go ahead and you use these five S's. One is you see it, then you sniff it, then you sip it, then you savor, and then you spit or swallow. So what do we have in front of us today, Christy? It's something that looks like liquid sunshine again. Mm -hmm. It's sparkly. It's, um, gosh, it looks like rays of sunshine in a really beautiful sunrise. So Clear, yellow. We have a white wine in the glass. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. And it looks clear, white yellow. Um, and, and you said sparkly, but I'd, I'd say it's kind of like glittery. Glittery. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. But sparkly is the only thing that came to mind. But it's not like sparkly like a uh, uh, champagne or a prosecco. It's right. it's glittery. It's not a sparkling wine. It's just a glittery because it's so Ugh. clear and and crisp and bright. Yes, starbursty. Okay. Um so yeah, this is definitely I mean it's a little bit yellow at the core, but it's got, definitely got some golden hues to it. This is a beautiful looking wine in a glass. Very pretty. Very pretty. So it's Did you not, take a picture of this? I will do. Do you have enough to take a picture of it? Because yes. you need a picture for the podcast notes. You should totally like drink the wine. Oh, you should actually, you pick a, let's move on to the, so that's the first S. We see the wine in the glass. So when you're looking at the wine in the glass, you like to look at the color because the color gives you hints about what it might be. Um, like a super pale wine will be probably, might be a Pinot Grigio, something that has more color to it. May have seen some oak aging and may have seen some oxygen. Uh, a more golden one is usually comes from a grape that has a more golden skin. Uh, Chardonnays tend to be fairly golden. So different wines have different color hues. And as you look at them, they can give you a clue as to what to expect when you drink it. In this case, it's a very, um, it's, it's a fairly golden wine, not a darker yellow, a lighter yellow, almost like, like a, it's a little, it's pale yellow. Yeah. Like a pale yellow, like a lemon yellow. Yeah. Um, and then it is very clear, very translucent. So this wine has obviously been filtered and fined because there's no residual stuff in it. There's no there's no tartaric crystals hanging out. There's no... I hate those tartaric crystals. Well, you know what those... They, they look like little chunks of glass in the wine. Oh, pretty. And they're called tart... They're, they come from tartrate. Are uh, these only in white wine? Frequently it will happen when a wine is cold stabilized. Um, it, it'll Those will fall out, but sometimes... You mean they, refrigerated? No, I mean cold stabilized. We don't know what that means over here in real person land. So when you cold stabilize a wine, because they know that the wine is going to throw off some of those crystals because of those tartaric acids are going to form in the solution, kind of like salt will sometimes form them into crystals in the solution when it gets super dense. 
when wine gets cold, those crystals form. So what they'll do is they'll stabilize the wine. They'll cold stabilize it by chilling the wine for a period of time to force the crystals out of the solution early. Then they'll bottle the wine. Oh, so cool. that's a cold stabilization technique. So this wine has probably had those things happen because it is not, it is super bright, super clear, super clean, super clean. Super. It's super. All right. So that's what it looks like. No legs, nothing interesting. It's not, it's a fairly thin wine um, as far as that goes. I mean, it's got good texture visually, but what do and you say it you, like? And when you swirl it, it's even more glittery. Yeah. It's like a disco ball on a glass. It is. Oh, Okay, Smells we're so smelling. Good. We're smelling. On to two. Smelling. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot on the nose there. I'm in love. Well, and how do you feel about the wine? Ah, good job. <laughs> it is, like, I could smell it all night. There's a lot going on on the nose there. I would agree with you. It is, it, there is, so it's, um. so when I hold the wine down away from my nose, it's actually got some good intensity because I can smell it. Yeah, I can A little too. bit from far away, and then as I bring it up to my chin... Yep, it starts becoming more readily apparent, and then it's when I get my nose into the glass, oh yeah, bright, alive, citrusy smell, and like, um, what's that thing called? What's the herb called? That uh, rosemary? Is that weird? No, herbs are very okay. are, are frequent in, in wine. The interesting thing is how some wines will will show what grows near them. Even though that has nothing to do with like like eucalyptus trees frequently show up. The eucalyptus smell will frequently show up in Syrahs in Australia, not because there's any eucalyptus in the wine, but because there's eucalyptus trees all over. Like eucalyptus trees in Australia fill every single niche down there. It's it's kind of like the ubiquitous pine tree of Australia. So eucalyptus fill all. And so a lot of the wines derive a little bit of that eucalyptus minty smell. Hmm. Mentholy okay. smell. So... If there's a rosemary in the smell in the wine, it's possible that there's a very herbaceous subgrowth in near the vineyards that are probably contributing to that. So that's super interesting. It's what do you smell on the nose? Man, I'm spilling everything today. At least you didn't spill your milkshake on your mom. That's true. The twelve-year-old backhanded his milkshake across Christie at Red Robin, adding in to my the lap. the excitement of the evening. But at least there wasn't a waiter nearby with a napkin to help out. Fortunately, I knew where the side station was, and I was able to grab a towel and some napkins. So um, there's definitely a little bit of citrus on the nose, but the citrus isn't the primary thing. It's very floral. Um, it smells like white flowers, like apple blossoms in a way. And there is a little bit of that citrus rind behind that. Uh, a little bit of that herbaceousness on the nose as well. It's really beautiful on the nose. Yeah, It's as pretty smelling as it is looking at it. But what I'm not getting is I'm not getting any like vanilla notes or spicy notes in that way. I'm not getting anything that indicates any oak treatment. There's no dill, uh, which would indicate American oak. There's no vanillins. There's no um, there's no cinnamon, nutmeg, other spices. There's none of that butterscotchy smell. No. So none of that's coming on the nose. So that would indicate to me there's probably no oak on this wine, which indicates that when I put it in my mouth, it's probably going to be lean, crisp, bright. Um, so we'll find out because Thanks. it's time for the third S. It's time to sip the wine. Okay, so, yeah, I'm already there. Perfect. When you sip the wine, take about a tablespoon or two into your mouth and kind of hold it in your mouth and rinse it around. That's when you move into the savoring part. And of sipping, the idea is that we're not going to drink the wine. We're going to sip it. We're going to savor it. Uh, it's two S's kind of combined into one because if you just take the wine in and swallow it right away, you're missing out on the experience. You're going for effect, which is not wrong. If that's what you want to do, you do you. But... This is uh, trying to educate yourself about the wine, so we're going to sip it. Super lemony. 
really tart, lots of heat. Um, mm. It's mellower than I thought it would be, though. It has a really soft finish. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what that means. Well, no, I mean, because a lot of times a wine will be blisteringly acidic and it'll, 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 it'll like burn on your tongue. The acids will stay with you and it'll linger. And so the finish becomes all about the pain you experienced almost from the acidity as opposed to the flavors you're experiencing. So once you swallow, inhale um, through your mouth and breathe in and, and let yourself smell again. Because what happens is that a lot of those, once your mouth warms up the wine, a lot of those polyphenols are released. Uh, a lot of those, those um, aromatics are released and you can smell them both through your soft palate and through your nose. It changes the drinking experience. It changes it. Like that's, that was one of my biggest moments a few recordings ago where I was like, oh, I thought I w- was just supposed to, sorry, I thought I was supposed to just drink it. <laughs> and <laughs> I am working on my microphone skills. Okay? Right. But talking to the wine glass is great, except it doesn't have any pickups. I know. I know. So <sighs> when you first started drinking the wine, Okay. So you had this big revelation last time. Should like, I say it all over again? Well, do you see these little tiny marks over here? Yes. That was you talking before. And now that's you talking now. Can you just cut all this out? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know what I was saying. Okay. So what we were talking about is how you drink a wine. Like drinking a wine for effect as opposed to drinking a wine for sensation. So once you take the wine into your mouth and savor it for a second, what are you experiencing? I can almost taste, like you said, white flowers or um, apple blossoms. Mm-hmm. And I can almost taste what an apple blossom smells like. Isn't that cool? It's rock in my world. It's really weird. Well, because this wine isn't defined by its acidity, it looks like lemon. And there is lemon there. There mm-hmm. is citrus there. But it is not, it is not, it doesn't have that aggressive acidity that defines a lemon, a bite of lemon or lemon juice. Mm-mm. It is actually soft on the tongue and is soft on the sides. I'm gleeking. I'm getting there's acidity there, but it's balanced between the sweetness of the wine and the sweetness of the grapes. But it's not a sweet wine. It's definitely a dry wine with with a really lovely texture to it. And you're right. Those apple blossoms, you can almost taste it. It's like you're eating the petals of a white flower. Yeah. It's just yummy. And then it, it finishes with this little bit of tiny bit of heat and this um, and the, the great lemon curd almost um, it, because it's it's not lemon. It's sweeter lemon, almost lemon candy uh, finishes on the back of the tongue lemon, and the back of the throat. Um, lemon pie because it's got that buttery texture to it as well. Yeah, it does have a very smooth texture. But I'm not getting, again, any of that vanilla stuff. No, there's no oaky buttery, not that kind of buttery, but like a feel. And when it feels like this and it tastes like this, usually that indicates that they've let it spend time on the yeast cells, which means that they're actually, they, they probably like, they call them the fine lees, where they let them, after the yeast dies, it falls out of solution into the bottom, but they don't take it away because as the yeast, as it, it progresses through its death cycle, it starts to release super fine particles, and which actually softens the wine uh, and, and softens and, and provides a textural counterpoint to the acidity of the wine. Mm, it's beautiful. Super cool. So, uh, okay, so we've sipped it, we've savored it, we swallowed it. Uh, we bring up swallowing and spitting because there is nothing wrong with spitting wine. And a lot of times professional tasters, um, even part-time tasters, you gotta you learn your lesson the hard way. No headaches in the morning. That's all I say. I don't, I'm too old. No headaches. 
So, so we're into half a glass at this point. Having a cup of wine, having having wine and the tasting and then spitting it out uh, once you've savored it, swallow a tiny bit of it, but then spit it out and let yourself experience the taste sensations. Nothing wrong with that. No shame in that. Professionals do it all the time. Feel free to do that. Practice with water, though, if you're going to practice spitting. Because I've seen some really cool spitters who can, like, spit the distance. I cannot do that. And inevitably, that's why wine needs to be a safe space. You're going to dribble when you spit the first time, and it's going to feel a little silly. So, no shame. Okay. There's no place for shame in wine. <laughs> so, what we have here is uh, a fantastic wine, I think. It's 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 bright, it's clear, it's crisp, it's yellow, it's fresh. It's not overwhelmingly acidic. It's got a great balance between the floral elements and the savory. There's a little bit of herbaceousness on the palate as well. Finishing up now in my mouth still, there's still a little bit of herbs on the side there. So, um, the time has come, my friend, between you and I, to try and guess where this wine is from. It's a weird one. Wow, I mean, I have I've never tasted anything like this. So, okay. It's not a Chardonnay. No. I don't think it's a Sauvignon Blanc. Nope. Good process of elimination. And it's not a Pinot Grigio either. The color is too dark for a Pinot Grigio. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So, what we have here and I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to save you some time okay. because it, it's it's a tough one. There's no way you would have a, a frame of reference for this. This is actually an old world wine. It's an Italian old world wine and let me if anyone has a huge number of weird white varietals to play with, it's the Italians. The Italians have over 2000 different grapes to work with uh heritage grapes and they're they're just all a lot of them are slight variations on a theme. This actually was one of the first DOC wines to ever come out of Italy in the 1960s. Like this and Chianti were both rivaling for putting Italian wines back on the world stage after World War II. So that's super cool. So this is uh, this is actually a Suave. So it's Suave wow. from it's a, it's a Classico Suave, and it comes from the Suave DOC. Uh, and it, what that is, is it's a white wine denomination to origin control A. It's a white wine designated area. And to be a Suave, it has to be, Suave is a place, by the way. So It's not a way you act. Well, I'm pretty. You are pretty Suave. No. I'm Suave. Rico Suave. <laughs> I am Suave. So uh, Suave is a, Suave is a place, but the grapes that come out of Suave are, it, the wine has to be at least 75% Garganaga is the name of the grape. And then the remainder can be uh, some proportion of Trebbiano de Suave is the name of it. And Trebbiano de Suave, which no one's ever heard of either, is also a variation on, uh, I believe it's Vermentino. So it's a it's a slightly more acidic grape. So these are some very fun grapes that are very unusual, and they create this amazing mouth filling, mouth pleasing white wine that is so fantastic. It's it's a it's a richer counterpoint to what prosecco is, uh, and it's a great food wine. It's just delicious uh, in my so mind. So good. And so for, yeah, like for a very long time, this was the defining white wine of Italy. The Suaves were Suave mm. Classicos in particular. Uh, and then uh, Pinot Grigio took over and took off uh, and displaced it. Pinot Grigios are so easy drinking. They're just not a complicated wine. You can produce a lot more Pinot Grigio than you can of Garganaga, too. Pinot Grigio grows super easy. It's a very uh, frolicsome grape that loves to produce. Well, this is a frolicking wine that loves my mouth. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm getting my mouth frolicked. <laughs> 
are you? <laughs> well, so what brought another cool thing about this, actually, uh, so the producer's name is Piropan, and they've been producing this wine since about 1904. Wow. So well before World War One, well before World War II, uh, Leonildo Piropan was the town doctor in Suave. Uh, so he's a practicing MD in the 1900s, and he bought the first vineyard. Uh, I think it was called Calvarino was the name of the vineyard. And it was such a horrible vineyard to work that they actually called it Little Calvary, like the place where they they uh, crucified Christ. Like, oh. That terrible. Oh, no. It's a horrible, rocky place to work. And so they, they nicknamed it Little Calvary because it was this terrible hill to grow grapevines on. But they produced these amazing grapes there. And so even today, they do a single vineyard Calvarino Suave from that vineyard because the soil is so unique. Hmm. And so for for four generations now, this family has been producing wines. And for the first two generations, it was a thing they did. But it wasn't what they were defined by. But the third generation, uh, the nephew, Leonildo, went to an enology school and came back and took over the family business. And he was the one, the, the, the third generation, Leonildo, was the gentleman uh, who really defined this winery and defined the wine region to a certain extent because he looked at the grapes, looked at what they were growing, started reducing quantities, started changing how they grew the grapes, and actually became a huge um, uh, supporter of the wine, the region, and what it could be, and put Suave on the world stage in the early 60s in a way that it had never been before. And people followed his lead. There were other people who started producing Suaves and distributing them internationally, and he, uh, he changed everything. He changed everything about the way Suave was produced. And Suave is a town... Uh, just south and to the east of Verona uh, in Italy. So up in the northeast of Italy, uh, near, uh, so it's like Verona, and it's a big producing region for lots of Prosecco. And then there's um, there's the Veneto. Uh, Venice is a little bit further up and to the right. And right between the two of them is Suave. And there's these great hillsides there that produce this amazing, intense volcanic soil that creates these amazing grapes that, when grown with little attention to detail, produce this incredible wine that's both savory and sweet and acidic and herbaceous. Just so much going on in the glass. I just want to thank the winemakers. Well, those two gentlemen, uh, you can, because they are alive today. <laughs> <laughs> the son, so Leonildo passed away in 2018, uh, right as they actually were making some major changes again. So in 2015 or so, they were actually finally moved out of the winery that was attached to the original house and built a new winery to meet the modern century. They've been fighting to become organic. They've been fighting to become sustainable. They needed a winery that could keep up with the progress they were making and could be producing these sustainably organic wines. And um, so they built a new winery and they finished that in 2018. And since then, the two sons, Andrea and Dario, have been taking over the family business of Piropan wines. Um, and Dario is the winemaker now. And uh, they, they make, not only do they make the Suave Classico that we're drinking right here, which is kind of the ubiquitous everyday wine, 85% Garganega, 15% Trebbiano. Doesn't feel everyday to me. It feels very special. It's a really, because it's unique to a lot of the things that we drink. It's not defined by oak. It's not defined by blistering mm -hmm. acidity. So what is it? It's magical. It's Suave. I want, so you keep asking me where I want to go in Europe when you and I go together. Mm-hmm. 
I want to go to this winery. That's where cool. I want to go. It's a beautiful region, and um, I, I, I'd be excited to go too. So they actually have some single vineyard wines. They were the first people to produce single vineyard Suave wines. They were some of the first people to produce wines under a Stelvin closure. So a lot of firsts with the Piropan family. What's a what's Stelvin closure? Oh, sorry, screw cap. Screw oh, okay. cap. So Thank you. Stelvin closure is the official name for a screw it cap. Sounds wine. better than screw cap. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so incredible wine, incredibly winery, uh, incredible family that has been doing this for 120 years now. And this wine is well worth your time and your energy to look up because it's not even that expensive. Um, let's see. Well, actually, let's look that up. Let's do you have the out. bottle? I do. I want to see the bottle. Oh, and the bottle's so gorgeous. It's one of those long, really beautiful green bottles kind of skinny oh it's so pretty yeah it looks like a traditional riesling bottle it does that's exactly and it's got a gold label and then a um or gold topper and then the label is it's um embossed gold where the words are and it has grapevines and it looks like they're crest it's so beautiful and so simple the label that is um, let's see. Okay, so the 2021, James Suckling gave it 92 points. Wine Spectre to give 90 points. 1899 on Wine.com. So, yeah, the Suave Classico, really affordable, under 20 bucks. Wow. Um, and just goes amazingly with so many different foods, too, because, I mean, it's just, it's 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 light enough, but it's got enough body to, the, to really complement any food. I want mozzarella with it. I want scallops with it. Oh, yeah, both of those. I was thinking a charcuterie would be really good with cheese and meats, but scallops would be really good. Um, 12% alcohol by volume. Oh, okay. Here's the nerd stuff. Okay. Okay. So this is organic, not certified in the U.S., manually harvested, hand harvested, volcanic soil. Uh, 100 to 300 meters is the elevation they were at. And they've done the fermentation in cement tanks, no malolactic fermentation, and the aging was six months on the lees. I was right about that. Uh, in a cement tank, in a glass-lined cement tank to keep it from taking flavors from the cement. Oh, a glass-lined cement tank. That's cool. Super cool. Oh, residual sugar is super low, three grams per liter, which is nothing. So, yeah, really, really an awesome wine. Super drinkable. And, uh, yeah, definitely go out and get yourself a bottle. There will be pictures on the web. Um, so go to our website, www.drinksomethingamazing.com. The wine, uh, I put pictures of all the wines that we do on there. Uh, there's all the episodes on there. If you've missed an episode, you can go back and pick it up. And there's also pictures of Kevin the Studio Dog, because why not? Right. Rate, review, and share Absolutely. while you're there. And Well, you can't do that on our website, but whatever podcast system you download to, it super helps us if you want to rate and review us. Uh, because, you know, if you like us, maybe other people will like us too. And that's what we're about, building a community. So if you share this, other people in your community can be shared with, and then you have something to talk about. You can talk about how we can't start a podcast to save our life. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't know that because you're going to edit all that, right? Right, right. I'll right. All that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll leave all the funny stuff out. So I don't listen to it, so you will never. I will never know. Right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this has been a Piropan Suave Classico 2021. And Brilliant. If you can grab a bottle of this, great. If not, find something else that you love, uh, pour a glass in it, and then let's go drink something amazing. Here. Okay.